Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. This time around, I'm speaking to Luke, who's the head chef and owner of Onesta Cucina in Bowral. Uh, Onesta is a fantastic Italian restaurant. It serves up great seasonal Italian food uh, made from the heart, sourcing great local produce from around the Southern Highlands. And it's the type of place that anyone can just keep going back to. Luke is a great guy and he generously gave us his time and some great recipes for the Southern Highlands cookbook. I really enjoyed chatting to him and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Luke from Onesta Cucina in Barrel. Firstly, Luke, thanks so much for being a part of the publication. No problem, it's Very a exciting pleasure. to have you involved. Um, I guess just to start with, do you want to just tell us a bit about the story of Onesta Cucina and how it all started? It started probably over 10 years ago when my wife Gemma and I decided to move to the Southern Highlands. We were having a family and we decided to move down here for lifestyle and to be close to the grandparents. So that prompted us to make a bit of a tree change from Sydney, Mm -hmm. which we were finding difficult at the time. It was just so busy and traffic and it was, I just wanted to, you know, have have a relaxed environment where we could just bring up a young family and, and I've always loved the Southern Highlands since since I was a young fella. It's just a beautiful part of Australia. Yeah. And, I mean, since it all started, I mean, Ernesto Cucina is now pretty much an integral part of cuisine in the Southern Highlands. Like, you know, you've got a lot of local customers and a lot of interstate and intercity customers as well. What's the sort of response been over the years? Oh, fantastic. We've we've got uh, customers that dine at Ernesto up to two and three times a week, and we have... A lot of people that travel from Canberra to dine with us and a lot of people that travel from Sydney specifically to dine with us. Uh, Barrel not being a place with a, a massive population is is uh, coming into consideration when we designed our menu. We want, a, we want a really big menu that people will keep coming back and they don't have to eat the same thing all the time. They can try something new. Our, our dishes on the menu rotate daily. You know, and Not only does it keep our customers interested but it keeps all of our chefs interested and we're constantly looking for new inspiration and new ideas and and it keeps us on our toes and it, it means that uh, 
uh, everything's you know super fresh and, and it's exciting and it's vibrant and, and that's what we hope uh, gets people coming back time mm-hmm. again. Awesome. And so, I mean, when you talk about looking for inspiration and new ideas changing constantly and evolving, like wh- where do you look to and what sort of things do you get your ideas from? Uh, as, a, as a chef, there's nothing better than dining in other chefs' restaurants and, yep. and, and getting new ideas and seeing how they handle ingredients. You know, that's not an endless palette to work with. You know, you, you can see what other chefs do with, with lamb or with, with chicken or with fish and there's just a... It's not so much the ingredients that change, but the techniques change constantly, and mm-hmm. and, and and they're always evolving. And um, also, I've got a serious addiction to cookbooks. Yeah, I've got me too. Hundreds of cookbooks. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I can't stop buying them. You know, I, I like uh, cookbooks that that not only show you recipes, but but show you a bit of technique sometimes. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's always something new and exciting to do, and and that's what keeps you interested. I think as a mm. chef. Yeah, it's great. Um, looking at the dishes that we've photographed for the book today, one thing that stood out was the uh, balsamic pearls on the goat's cheese dish, yep. which isn't here. And is that is that something like in terms of technique that one of those examples? It is. It's just, you know, these ideas that filter down from these amazing top-end chefs that they're, they're doing techniques like that, like spherification, and um, eventually they, they find their way through into the mainstream. So. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's through cookbooks and through going out and tasting and, and exploring what's out there that, that we can incorporate these these things into our own yeah. cooking. So, like talking about spherification and, and those um, balsamic pearls, just for people who don't know what that is, do you mind explaining a bit about the process? Uh, well, the technique is basically you're dropping the balsamic mix that you make into a into a chemical solution yeah. that hardens the outside of the the liquid um, but i mean don't despair it's all it sounds a bit high tech but you can go out and buy them at a, at a top end deli or you can order them you can say look i've got this idea for a recipe and this is what i'm looking for and and they'll come to the party hopefully and they'll have them in for, for you in a few days so yeah yeah cool and i guess that using those sorts of techniques are available to sort of all sorts of different ingredients and in a place like yours where you want locals to come back over and over and over and you know you do sort of continue to progress with your techniques and your menu and your choices and that sort of thing it keeps them you know keeps them knowing that there's going to be something different every time Mm. they come Mm. exactly exactly you don't you don't want people to get bored yeah you know you want them to to really look forward to coming out and and thinking you know what what's going to be on the menu tonight What, what what's something i can try that i haven't had before but having said that um, part of the reason why our menu is so big is that we've got so many um, sort of signature dishes that people scream about if we take them off the menu. So <laughs> they tend to build up and build up and build up, and then as well as that, you're incorporating new dishes. So you know that's part of the reason why our menu is so extensive. There's a lot of things on there that I'm not allowed to take off. Yeah, no, fair enough. And I mean, at the end of the day, from what from what I've seen and, and, and what I know about Onesta is that you can use all the techniques and you can you know develop with food trends and, and the way that food culture is going and stuff but it, it, it comes back to you know showcasing a high quality ingredient at the end of the day and and I mean your name the name of your restaurant's Honest mm. Kitchen is mm. and do you want to just talk about sort of the ingredients you use and how you, you sort of highlight you know these these king prawns that you've you've given us today are absolutely fantastic and 
it's a sim- it's it's simple flavour combinations and nothing too mm. out of the ordinary, but just done really well. Yeah, yeah, we're generous with with what we do here. You know, we we don't cut corners. We don't use like frozen fish. We we source these king prawns. I mean, they're probably the only frozen thing we use, but they're snap frozen on the boat the mm. minute they're caught. So you can't bring a better prawn into your kitchen. You know yeah. what I mean? And and they're just a stunning product, and they eat that way. People can tell what you put on the plate is is generous and it's it's from the heart and that's how we cook and and the, and the secret to having a successful restaurant for such a long time is you have to be consistent you have to pay so much attention to detail because people the minute you start slipping people notice straight away so you can't slip and you can't you can't let your standards down and uh, I don't think we ever have and, and that's why we we're going from strength to strength and we're coming up on a 10-year anniversary and we've got such a wonderful reputation in the district I've never worked in a restaurant where so many people have come to me from from dining to personally like say how amazed they were by what they ate that's great it's an awesome experience it really it's what drives you to keep going it really makes you feel good about it Mm, for sure and I guess you get that same response from you know uh, locals as well as as well as tourists and things as well everyone everyone we get a we get a fantastic reception from everyone that eats here. I mean, you know, now and then, in, in every situation, you might have a hiccup. Yeah, and, of course. And the minute that happens, we try and just rectify it and make sure that that person's happy because Gemma and I run this. It's a small family restaurant, and, and all we want to do is send people away happy yeah. so that they can tell another 10 people about what we do here. Of course. You know, just if, if something's not right or if someone has a problem with anything, we just try and fix it straight away and, and send them away with a big smile on their face. Yeah. That's great. And I mean, just emphasizing the point that it's a place that you can come back to. It was one of the first things, you know, after we started shooting the first couple of dishes that I said to my photographer, I was like, this would definitely be sort of on my weekly fortnightly, you know, thing if I lived in Barrel. Um, And she said, she said the same, the same thing. And, you know, there's, there's, there's places that um, you know, can be challenging and, and can be extremely innovative and obviously that comes with a higher price point and things like that that you go to on special occasions but it's it can be difficult I guess for chefs to find that balance of you know, progression, keeping your customers guessing a little bit but also have, like having that having that atmosphere and, and, and menu design and all that sort of thing that keeps people coming back as regulars. Mm. I mean the philosophy here is it's real food it, it's something... It's nourishment. It's it's it has an edge to it. Some some of our dishes can be, you know, a bit exciting and, and something new. But but at the end of the day, we want people to come and, and feel uh, nourished, and, and that's part of the name of the restaurant. It's just honest cooking. And it's honest food. It's it's produce driven, um, and and you know we don't hold back in anything. We want we don't want people to leave hungry. It's just a place where people can come with their friends, relax, enjoy their food in a really casual environment and and go away smiling yeah Mm. fantastic um so i mean you've prepared these dishes for us today for the southern highlands cookbook which is you know said to be a fantastic project um we'll just talk a little bit about some of the dishes so if you if you want to just go into a little bit more detail about the king prawn dish i know um you've got some lovely fresh peas there and some great sort of summer herbs and stuff yep well what we've got is just simply pan-fried Malulaba king prawns. Uh, we caramelise them in a pan, give them about two or three minutes through the oven, baste them up with a little bit of butter and gremolata, um, and then we're adding textures to the dish with the farro, 
that we just gently simmer with along, uh, along with the fresh peas and some prawn stock and some shellfish oil. And then a lovely light salad, uh, brings a bit of crunch, a bit of zing to the dish. Um, very simple cooking, but just beautiful to eat. Yeah, delicious. And I like the use of the farrow there, and you see you see a bit more embracing of these old grains and stuff, um, and and you know a variety of herbs as well, and mm. and that sort of thing in cooking these days. And yeah, it's great to see, especially around this time of year. It's um, uh, it's a beautiful summer dish. Mm. Yeah, it is. Beautiful. Yeah, um, and then. The dish that's, that's not with us now, um, because <laughs> Tess, Tess ate it all, was the, it was the goat's cheese dish. Do you want to talk a bit about that, that one? That's a, it's a <laughs> blend of two local uh, goat's cheese uh, that we um, whisk up, uh, whipped together with some confit echelon uh, for a bit of texture and flavour. Uh, we quenelle that onto the plate with some deep fried, battered deep fried zucchini flower leaves for a bit of, once again, just a different texture. and. You can almost use those leaves as a, as a wafer to pick up the goat's cheese with. Um, so you've got, we're trying to play with, with textures and, and flavours. Like you've got a, a very fatty, rich goat's cheese that coats the palate and then you've got the sharpness of the balsamic mm-hmm. uh, that tries to balance that out. Um, a lovely little green salad. It's a well-balanced dish and it's, it's quite Moorish. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you said there were local producers of ghost cheese? Yeah, there's a few producers around the Highlands that we use. Yeah. Um, at different times of year, it just depends on, on who's available. Yep. Um, we use a lot of local produce here. We use um, you know, some beautiful suckling pig from out of Fitzroy Falls, from Redleaf Red Farm. Leaf. Yeah, I'm going to go see them. Yeah, there's a Midigong like tunnel them. mushrooms that yep. we use, one of the best products in Australia. Um, Filmia duck from up the road, not far from the Highlands. Uh, you know, it's an endless list of local producers that are doing amazing things down here and we try to use them wherever possible. Yeah, great. And I guess, you know, in terms of the region, the rainfall that you get and the position of it allows for such amazing agricultural land and, oh, you know, you just... It's lush. You, you put your shovel into the soil down here and you yeah. can see why the produce is... Yeah, it's, it's stunning. The, the produce down here and the, um, you know, the grazing land for the, for the cattle and the sheep, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, I mean... Being in a regional place, do you do you find it easier to access and develop a relationship with your producers? Oh, very much so. A lot of um, our producers are customers. Yeah. And and they come in and they say, oh, introduce themselves and they say, this is what we do. And they they take us out to their farm or I'll take my young apprentices out on a day trip and we'll look at what they do and how they do it. And it's important for the young chefs coming through to, to understand that, you know, your produce doesn't just turn up in a packet. It comes from a producer and a farm that works their fingers to the bone and they're mm-hmm. passionate about what they do and they work the land and it's you know it's awesome to see the young chefs go out and experience that and get their hands dirty and and meet the people that that give us these products yeah. it's really cool it's great and i guess that um you know it brings it all full circle and it sort of completes the cycle in taking young chefs out there and showing them what goes into it they i guess immediately gain a higher respect for that product oh, they do. so when they're cooking with it and when yep. they're putting it on the plate they want to make sure they do yep. it do it the justice it deserves yep. yeah. exactly right yeah so yeah and I, I guess in terms of the food culture in the southern highlands in general you've got gr- great producers and for a small region there are some great restaurants and places as well and then you've also got some farmers markets and and, and things like that that mm. sort of provide the locals that live here, you know, access to the produce that you might use at your restaurant or, or, or something like that as well. It's a, you know, a fantastic sort of cycle of food culture yeah. down here. Oh, we've got some great markets in, in the Highlands. Um, and 
it's a lot of these producers that supply me with what I use that frequent these markets. So get out there and support them and, and make sure that you know they're doing well because by putting you know your dollars back into the local in area and the local industries, that's that's what's going to strengthen your community and, and you'll go forward. Mm. Do you think um, do you think the farmers market system is something that's grown in the Southern Highlands recently? Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Um, the the barrel markets used to be quite small and now it's it's sprawling and and you can't get a park sometimes yeah. around the place. There's hundreds of people that go there, so it's a well supported. Um, market system that we've got down here, the growers markets, um, Harris Farm down the road as well. They're they're uh, thriving because you know the community is so interested in good food and good produce and and exciting product products. You know the people know a lot more now than they ever did about food and cooking, um, and their standards are higher, um, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I guess. Uh, once people start shopping at farmers markets and gaining an understanding of what they eat, then that that knowledge translates to when they dine out at a place like yours, exactly. and it's a sort of a self perpetuating organism that mm. you know this education about food and 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 a culture where people understand where it comes from that m- makes the food culture of a of a region like the Southern Islands great. Exactly right. People people now know more than ever about you know farming practices and organic produce and, and they want to know where things are coming from they take more of an interest and it's only pushing the standard and raising the bar all the time um, and that's why you know I think the the food and restaurant industry in, in New South Wales and, and the world is just it's so exciting and it's it's so vibrant at the moment it's awesome yeah it's great to see and you know doing what I do is a privilege to be able to talk to people like yourself and producers and people that run farmers markets and just really get an insight into the culture of a place mm. I love doing it and yeah so it's, good it's fantastic yeah um quickly moving on to the last couple of dishes um we've got a chicken dish here do you want to talk a little bit about that one well this chicken dish it's a sous vide uh, deboned leg of or Maryland of chicken um, you don't have to use the sous vide technique at home. What you can do is just prepare it as we mentioned in the book and then just gently roast it through your oven and caramelise it. Um, we sous vide it and it cooks it to a lovely, gentle, moist, sort of succulent texture and then we just caramelise the outside in the pan to water and mm-hmm. serve it on a lovely, uh, fresh garnish that, once again, is just full of textures and contrasts that that are exciting on the palate. You know, you've got the crunch from the pickle and the corn. You've got some beautiful baby mushrooms from over at the Mittigong Tunnel Mushroom Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's uh, finished with a jus gras, which is just a reduction of brown chicken sauce mixed with duck fat um, that just moistens the whole dish. And it's just, it's lovely yeah. to eat. And the lovely quail egg as well, just rich and... Yeah, who doesn't love a, a soft-cooked egg? Yeah, exactly. It makes everything better. <laughs> beautiful. Um, and then finally, the rack of lamb. Can you tell us a bit about that one? Uh, we marinate our lamb rack and our lamb rumps when they're on the menu in a, in a house-made garlic oil for two days with lots of fresh herbs and fresh garlic. Uh, then we caramelise them gently, slow roast them through the oven for about 15 minutes. So we're just setting the meat. Um, and then a lovely, vibrant garnish that's dressed with a lemon vinaigrette of char-grilled zucchini, goat's cheese, pine nuts, currants, and a, a little micro-herb salad. Um, and we just finish the lamb in a little bit of garlic butter, just baste it up mm-hmm. to a lovely medium rare, and out she goes. Mate, that's right up my alley. Perfect with a nice glass of red. 
You've got a nice wine list here too. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you, do you sort of use a lot of um, local wines on your? We do. We try and use um, local wines wherever we can. My wife Gemma handles the wine list, and she loves her wine, and she loves researching uh, her wine list constantly, and it's always evolving and changing. Um, a lot of the um, producers down here um, are very passionate about what they do, as I said, and, and the local wines. We're in a we're in a perfect climate, uh, cool cool climate for growing some outstanding wines down here. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there are definitely some fantastic vineyards and producers down here. Um, sort of to finish up, I guess we can go back to the start, but where did the where did the sort of the passion for Italian cuisine specifically come up or why is that something you decided to follow? Uh, I was I was lucky enough when I decided to follow the, this career path that I worked in some incredible restaurants in Sydney with amazing chefs that taught me about you know respecting produce and and uh, I worked at Fratelli Paradiso at Potts Point with an amazing Italian chef called Davide uh, that's since returned to Italy and, and he taught me so much in the short time I was there. It was only about two years. Um, but it was just, you know, working beside people like that and what they do and you're constantly watching them out of the corner of your eye and seeing, you know, what they do. I, I just, I was very lucky. You know, yeah. I, I trained with Andy Bunn at Cafe Sopra and, and he was the most amazingly talented chef I think I've ever seen. You know, he, he could just take ingredients and make them sing and with very little fuss or technique he would just you know he would just wow people with what he was doing so that was a massive influence on on my cooking yeah. you know at the time I, I just knew so little and and I was very lucky yeah great yeah. and I mean when we talk about sort of simplicity making great ingredients sing when you're developing a dish What's the sort of process? Do you start with an ingredient and, and build around it? Do you have an idea in your head? Yeah, you just sometimes, sometimes you just you, you're thinking about an ingredient and and you we basically what we do here is we cook food that we would like to eat ourselves. You know, we, if you if you involve yourself in the cooking process and eating process, you, you can't fail. You've got to constantly. You know, be teaching chefs the most important thing they can do is to taste. The whole way through the process of or the evolution of a dish is to taste and taste and taste because that's what you're doing for your customers. You're mm -hmm. giving them something to eat that you want them to enjoy and that's going to taste fantastic. So that's the most important thing for a young chef to do is to train himself to taste, constantly check. And when we introduce a new dish, you know, it might take us about three or four weeks to get it to exactly where we want it because it's constantly evolving. We'll plate it up one week and we'll look at it and we'll think, oh yeah, there's room for improvement. We could do this, we could do that. So, you know, quite often it's a few weeks and then all of a sudden you're there, you're happy with it and you just, you know that, you know, you're on the right track. But it's mm -hmm. it's not easy and, and home cooks shouldn't be hard on themselves when they make mistakes or they get something wrong because that's the only way you're ever going to improve. Yeah. You know, you've got to make mistakes. You've got to you've got to burn things, you've got to dry things out, you've got to ruin things to, to learn the right way to do things. And all chefs do it. Yeah. You know, the best chefs in the world are doing stuff like that all the time and they're always learning. So, you know, as a home cook, just um, I think the best thing to do is learn the basics, learn how to braise, learn how to saute, learn how to steam, learn how to fry. You know, learn these basic techniques and then, and then just build them, use them as building blocks when you're, when you're cooking yourself. 
don't don't pick up a cookbook and go, oh my God, I've got to stick to this recipe. Just go, wow, here's a few good ideas. I'm going to use them. I'm going to make a dish my own. Mm. You exactly. know. So yeah, that's why I love cookbooks because they just they inspire you. They they're not a set of rules that you have to stick to. They just they're an inspiration yeah. all the time. They're an ideas well, and it's just uh, it's so much fun. Mm. You know, visually and and the education that they give you if you're a keen you know home cook or a, or a young chef or a bloody old chef like me it's just you know it's exciting mm. i love it yeah me too and it is so important and you see it not only in commercial kitchens and restaurants but also with a lot of home cooks that they don't taste they don't taste enough and mm. they stick to the recipe yeah, yeah. too much and rather than sudden, using it as a guide yeah. and then, you then know. they put this meal up and they wonder why it's no good and that's it but did you taste it? Well, that's it. Did you, you know you that could this had a, too much salt? Yeah. Or you have a, to know. You have to Something taste. with, you know, I, I remember a friend doing like, it says three chopped chilies or three teaspoons of chopped yeah, chili. Exactly. And, and, and they just put the three. Chilies? Exactly. So there's yeah, no yeah. tasting and then you can't eat it because it's either too hot exactly, or you have exactly. to add more yourself. You just put a little bit of chili in and then people yep. can add more later or Exactly. Or and whatever. that's, like I said, <laughs> that's one of the hardest things to teach young apprentice chefs is that unless they know that something's good, you can't possibly serve it to anyone else. Yeah, you've got to know it's good. You've got to be happy with it. You've got to be proud of what you're doing, and and that's yeah, that's one of the keys. So I mean, with young chefs, if you get a if you get a really young apprentice on board here, sort of what are, what are some of the first things you you show them or teach them? Oh, or tell how them? to wash dishes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can't how to pick basil. Oh, so, well, yeah. I mean, if you can't wash dishes for eighty people, if you if you can't physically can't do it, organise yourself to do that. How are you going to be able to cook for 80 people? So that sort of weeds a lot of people out straight away. You need an organised mind. You need common sense. Yeah. And you need a work ethic. And you need a genuine interest in uh, and a commitment to succeed in what you're doing. Because, you know, the initial road that they set themselves up on is really hard. Yeah. It's really hard yards. Yeah. And I feel for them. Um, but once they get through that, and if they succeed, then the sky's the limit. You know, it's such a rewarding thing to do. I love coming to work. And... There's nothing. There's no better feeling for me than doing 110 people on a Saturday night, and it's flawless. Yeah. And everyone in the kitchen knows it's flawless, and you're proud of every dish That's you it. put up, and you just walk out with this feeling inside you that is just awesome. You walk it's around great, a isn't for a little it? while. It's like um, I guess I've got I've got some friends who are in the arts or like performers and things like that, and people, a friend who's an actress. T- told me once about the feeling that she gets like when she comes off stage after a performance mm. and mm. It, it seems to sort of be a bit similar to the, what you're talking about yeah. with the exceptional yeah. service except, or something yeah except there's not, the only difference is we don't get to really see our audience but we certainly hear about you know we get feedback from what they're saying and and yeah it is, it is it's a good feeling and, and these days you get on TripAdvisor and you know, you can see what people are writing about what you do, and it just gives you such a lift. It's yeah. so, people say the nicest things on TripAdvisor about yeah. this restaurant, and you know, I love that feedback. I love knowing that I've made people happy, yeah. and that you know, it's, it's a nice feeling. It's very rewarding. Yeah, and being being a business owner, I guess, um, going on to something like that, these people have. You know, they they could be anyone. They could be from anywhere. They're not, not necessarily a local. They could be from out of town. They could have stumbled across the restaurant, or mm. they could have, you know, read about it and researched mm. it. And you know, I guess when you read a nice comment or something like that, there's no vested interest for these people. No, they just no. want to give you a review exactly. because they enjoyed their experience. Yep. It's an it's an honest feedback from, you know, people out there. It's a very powerful tool these days. People are out there looking online at 
where they're going to go and spend their money. And, and they're just reading opinions and views of people just like them that were probably at the restaurant the night before and had a great time. You know, it's, it's serious. It should be taken very seriously by, I think, every mm. restaurant owner and, and chef out there because, you know, and, and it tells the owner as well if something's gone wrong, you know, what you've got to do to fix it and, and how to rectify it, you know. Sure. You don't want things in your business that aren't bang on and 100% right. So it works both ways. But um, we've got an awesome online presence and that's been given to us by, you know, satisfied customers. Yeah. So we're really happy about that. It's good. Yeah. And especially, I, I guess, maybe when, I, when I've read um, through reviews and, and that sort of stuff, a lot of what comes up is service. And I guess... Feedback on feedback on food is something that's probably more available to you. Like you, you might not be able to get the specific feedback on service. You know, back in the day when there wasn't something like TripAdvisor, mm. um, where you can make those adjustments to ensure that people you know get the whole experience rather mm. than just having a good meal. But maybe it came out 15 minutes after their friends or mm. or, or whatever. So mm. yeah, as you say, it's powerful, definitely. Yeah, no, it is. It's very powerful. We we employ a lot of the people that we employ front of house. Are, are friends of ours, yeah. people we've known for a really long time. And if we don't know them, um, the sort of rule I apply is when I interview people is, would I like to sit down and enjoy this person's company and have dinner with them? Mm-hmm. You know, are they, do they give me a good feeling? Because yeah. that's what's going to happen with the customers as well. Yeah. So, you know, our customers, I think, love the, the level of service we give. It's not too familiar, but it's not. You know, it's not overpowering. It's just pleasant. We just want people to have a good time and feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of restaurant where you, you just want to just relax. And want, I want people to feel at home and not, you know, not feel stuffy or uncomfortable or awkward. Sometimes when you sit down in a restaurant, the feeling's not quite right. Yeah. Just walk in and relax and that's it. And kick back and have a good time. It's funny. There's um. There's so many really minute details that can go into making a making a person feel welcome, you know, relaxed and warm, or perhaps there's just a few little things that, that makes the place super trendy and they feel a little bit out of place or something yeah. like that, or, yeah. or or that it's a little bit too formal or the language that they receive when, you know, they're seated is a little bit too casual and yeah. and finding that balance is, I guess it's a, um, a bit of a trial and everything. But it I, is, yeah. it is, but I think there's one, there's one thing that everyone loves feeling, no matter where they are, is they like to feel relaxed. And they like to feel welcome. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, I think, what we do. We, we're not fine dining. A lot of people refer to us as fine dining, but I don't think we're fine dining at all. We're just... G'day and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. This time around, I'm speaking to Luke, who's the head chef and owner of Onesta Cucina in Bowral. Uh, Onesta is a fantastic Italian restaurant. It serves up great seasonal Italian food uh, made from the heart, sourcing great local produce from around the Southern Highlands. And it's the type of place that anyone can just keep going back to. Luke is a great guy and he generously gave us his time and some great recipes for the Southern Highlands cookbook. I really enjoyed chatting to him and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Luke from Onesta Cucina in Barrel. We're just trying to provide good, honest food in a relaxed environment. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key. I, think I like our little spot in the market. I think we do that's a it. good job. Onesta Cucina, Honest Kitchen. That's you it. You just summed it up perfectly. Yeah, nice. All right, well... Luke, thanks so much for being a part of this project and making us these beautiful dishes today. We'll oh, leave pleasure. it there. Um, 
yeah, thank you so much for being a part of it and it's my very pleasure. excited. Thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Luke from Onesta Cucina. He's a really good guy and he's got a great philosophy behind his food. He definitely cooks from the heart and Onesta is one of those places that you could just keep going back to over and over. It's got a good solid menu, changes with the seasons and they're flavors that can just stay with you for a long time. Um, if you want to find out more about Onesta Cucina, you can visit their website, which is onestacucina.com.au. You can also find them on Facebook and yeah get in touch with them there if you want to find out more about us you can go to our website quicksandfood.com there you can download all the podcast episodes that supplement the southern highlands cookbook if you want to find us on social media we're at quicksandfood on facebook and on instagram i hope you enjoyed this conversation and we'll see you next time hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.